Rise up, young man. Rise up, young lady. You are not alone. No matter what you're going through, it is going to pass. You're gonna come out the other side. Keep shining. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of You Are Not Alone podcast by Mamba Inspire Brand. Like the title suggests, the purpose of this podcast is to help people out there who are going through unimaginable struggles know that they are not alone and believe that they will come out on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today, Mariam Ken. Thank you so much for giving us your time. You're welcome. Uh, it's my pleasure. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So we'll start by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so you said my name already. I'm Mariam Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just graduated from a master's degree in accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from West Africa, Guinea. I moved to the U.S. in 2014. Mm-hmm. It's been like about five and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's that's basically it. Yes, ma'am. What was the best memories uh, growing up in Guinea? Um, I would say the time spent with my family, mm-hmm. with uh, especially my sisters, my siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a connection, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't I don't get that. I don't get a lot of that here. Like I I really miss that mm-hmm. here. Uh, my whole family is back home, so. That connection, I really, I, I really enjoyed that. Yes, ma'am. When people imagine uh, Africa, usually they, they think about what's on TV and stuff like that. What do you think is the beauty of growing up in Africa? Um, it's the fact that, uh, like, when you grow up in a family in Africa, like, everybody care about everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that everybody eat together in the same bowl, mm-hmm. the fact that everybody laugh, Mm-hmm. together everybody pray together everybody um, whenever anything happens every, everyone cares for everyone else mm-hmm. everybody is there for everyone else it's so like they, a village yeah everybody. it's like a village like everybody knows everybody like mm-hmm. yeah like it, it was really that that's that's really good that's really nice wow that's amazing that's amazing so I know you you, you left at a young age uh, Guinea West Africa to go study uh, what city again? Dakar? In Senegal. In Senegal, Dakar. How old were you? I was 22 because I was in 2012. Okay, mm-hmm. 2012. H- how was that? How was that move? How much did you have to sacrifice uh, to, to leave your family and go to a city where you didn't know to, to get a better opportunity? Yeah, it was, <laughs> at the same time, it was a step forward, mm-hmm. moving forward mm-hmm. to getting more opportunities, mm-hmm. a better education. But uh, on the other side, it was uh, um, leaving the family behind, mm-hmm. um, going to a place where I don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was it was really tough. But uh, in the back of my mind, everything that I was thinking about was better mm-hmm. opportunities, better education. So. That's that's the focus I had. That's what and kept you going. Yeah, that's what I kept me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Did you? Was it your first time leaving the country? It Guinea? was. It was my first time leaving Guinea, and. Uh, Did you know anybody? In no, Dakar? I didn't. I didn't know. Funny enough, I didn't know anybody in Dakar. Wow. Like, I didn't know anybody at all. Like, well, I knew few people. 
actually did even call them but nobody was willing to let me stay at their place for even a day or two just the time for me to get a place mm -hmm. only one person uh, who's um, well you know the african families right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a, a cousin of a cousin of a cousin mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's only that person that we met in guinea he, mm -hmm. he came in on vacation in guinea and then he decided uh, we decided to go meet him and ask him Mm -hmm. And he accepted actually to receive me at his place and then to help me get a place. Mm -hmm. He accepted to let me live at his place for the first few days and he would help me get a place for, for myself and all that. So that's the only person that was willing to... Um, uh, uh, wow, that's amazing. Uh, so do you remember that first day when you, when, you got, when you got into Dakar? How did you feel? Or even after after the person that received you received you and then you had to move to your own apartment. How how did you feel? Do you remember the hardship that you faced those days, the beginning days? Yeah, it was it was well, it wasn't like it wasn't that hard though. Like, because when I got there, mm -hmm. um, he had a roommate. He mm -hmm. he had actually he had two roommates, so they had like three bedrooms. So there was a girl who was alone in her bedroom. Mm -hmm. So that he he he. He left. He told the girl to let me sleep in her bedroom. She mm -hmm. was okay with it. She was really nice, but uh, I was uncomfortable to mm -hmm. become with to like to come to a place where I don't know these mm -hmm. people. But I have to stay here, live in their bedroom, use their their, their stuff. personal things, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know share their bathrooms. I'm not used to all that, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, they were very nice. They were very nice, but I think I spent like three days with them in mm -hmm. their apartment, and then I found an apartment across, mm -hmm. in the same building actually, wow. funny enough, in the same building but across. But I was I was now used to them, like three days with them, and then we were already familiar wow. to each other. They were students too, they came to Dakar too, for the same purpose as I did. Mm -hmm. So we were, we kind of got along very well. Wow. You started, uh, so you started school. How, how was adapting uh, school? Do you feel like you were behind? The I was, that you I found? was really behind because uh, I went to Senegal in November and mm. school had already started in October. Wow. So I was like, I think three weeks late also. Mm. So the system was totally different. Mm -hmm. um, they had <laughs> class all day, like Monday to f through Saturday. Wow. Like, but Monday to Friday was like 8 to 12, and then th there was a three-hour break from uh, 12 to 3, mm -hmm. and then from 3 to 6 p.m. Wow. That was Monday to Friday, and then Saturdays we had class from from uh, 8 to 12. Wow. So it was really, it was a lot of things, like we were taking like 10 classes at the time. So that system is di totally different from the system over here in the United States. Um, totally different but it was really tough it was I had to adapt I had to I had to I, had, I really needed to adjust mm -hmm. so I had to study extra hours compared to other students mm -hmm. not only because I lost three weeks but also because of the little difference in the systems although mm -hmm. it's all like in West Africa but there was a little difference in the system from Guinea to Senegal Wow, uh, it takes so much to, to, to leave uh, your country and go study another country. And for people like us uh, who grew up in this country, it's, we feel like it's an opportunity for a better life. 
growing up was was education an expectation for you or a privilege did your family uh, expected you to get an education or is it because uh, you wanted it so bad you decided to go out and go get your education well, I, I think it was more like a privilege like when when I was younger maybe mm. like when I was um, going to um, elementary school mm -hmm. uh, middle school and high school at that point I would say it was more like the family mm -hmm. but then when I got to the university then it was me mm -hmm. like it was me trying to figure out what I want to do what I want to become all that so going to Senegal I decided that I decided that I wanted to go to Senegal nobody made that decision for me mm -hmm. and then when I made the decision they all supported it because they were like okay yeah we know you're gonna go study we know you like studying so just support you mm -hmm. in that mm. yeah so so I, I, I that to, at that point I would say it was a privilege yes <laughs> uh, yes yes me deciding mm. so from uh, from Dakar you you were able to you decided to come to the United States to keep going how was that how, how did you how did you do that how what yeah. told you that you needed to go further yeah it's it's actually funny but the whole time I was in Dakar, I never thought of coming to the United States. Wow. I actually thought of going to Canada mm -hmm. um, because I, I've, I learned from other people that uh, you can get a visa to go to Canada and work to Canada. There was this program going on. They were hiring people to mm -hmm. go work for companies in Canada. So mm -hmm. I learned about that. I was really interested into that. I, I thought that I was thinking that once, once I finished my, I was, I was working my MBA. Once I finished my MBA, I will just apply for that program. Mm -hmm. But then I have my cousin here in Denver who actually called me and told me, Hey, why don't you bring me your, all your transcripts and stuff? I'm going to try to apply for, for you at the, at the university here, at the local university here. Wow. I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. I, I wasn't really sure. Like I, I, I thought of coming to the United States as like something impossible mm -hmm. <laughs> to me. It was like, no, it's impossible. But somehow he he convinced me, and then I just sent him all the stuff, and we started the process. When we started, I was still I still didn't care really much. I was really focused on my program, trying mm -hmm. to finish up, trying to get my MBA and all that, trying to graduate. But it all went so smoothly and so quickly, mm -hmm. and then I got that student visa to come to the U.S. Wow. And from the moment I got the student visa to come to this, everything changed. Like everything changed. It's like it's not anymore I don't care mm -hmm. or I don't I didn't even care. I don't want to. it was like now I want to go. Mm -hmm. I want to go get a better life, mm -hmm. a better better opportunities, a better education. So like things switched. Like it's like okay, now I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What did it mean to you? What did it, when they told you that you are coming to the United States of America, what, when, what does that yeah. mean to a girl that grew up in Guinea? It's like, oh my God, it means a lot. Like, it's like, okay, it's like I'm starting my life now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, oh wow, I am so lucky and so grateful and so to have this opportunity because many people don't get this opportunity. Like, mm -hmm. when I went to the embassy that day, there was thousands of people. Mm -hmm waiting to be interviewed mm -hmm. and most of these people were re rejected and that was in Senegal and in Senegal usually they give visas more than in Guinea mm -hmm. and I was from Guinea 
I went to the Senegal embassy to get a visa to come here. But uh, it was, it's, it, there were so many people. They mm -hmm. got so many rejection. And then I got accepted. The feeling was like, it was just amazing. It was like, oh my God, I made it. Mm -hmm. I made it. I'm going to the US. Yes. So, yeah. Wow. So many people, of course, we, many people, we understand, many people who come from Guinea understand that it's a privilege to come to the U.S. It but is, it there is. have been many comments by our current president uh, talking about African countries uh, as whole countries mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk about a little bit about, yes, we, we understand the privilege of coming to the United States of America, but also we don't live in in a country we don't want to live um what yeah. do you think people want to live there okay yeah there's there's um, a number of things like so guinea is different from senegal mm -hmm. like if i were in senegal mm -hmm. i would not feel the urge to leave senegal mm -hmm. to come to the u.s as if, if as if i was in guinea mm -hmm. so in guinea we all know there's a number of issues mm -hmm. in guinea so life is very hard over there like it's a hardship mm -hmm. really so but besides the fact that life is so hard people live that mm -hmm. life right mm -hmm. people are used to it we all grew up in that life mm -hmm. so it's not like we cannot live there yeah no? they made we, they made us yeah we we can live there we can make a living we can have opportunities we can have jobs like i know it's very difficult to mm. get there but we still can mm -hmm. but uh, yeah as you said coming to the u.s is it's, it's a privilege because like you get this opportunity that everybody else is looking so hard to get mm -hmm. and you 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 one, you one person out of a hundred mm -hmm. who's getting that opportunity so you really need to to to, to like mm -hmm. to work hard like when you get it yeah did you know english when you came to the u.s uh i could barely speak english um so when we were uh, in middle school and high school they taught us some english it was like really <laughs> that's one like, hour in a week <laughs> like, yeah it was like the one hour english in a week it was more like uh, uh the abc stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh name of few things mm -hmm. and uh that you it was very little very very little it wasn't enough for, for me to hold the conversation in english or, or to even understand somebody who's talking in english it was it was it was very basic wow how long did it take you to learn english once you got here um and how hard was it adapting okay i would say it took me about six months wow to to be able to hold the conversation mm -hmm. and then be able to understand what people are talking about mm -hmm. and then like to, to go to the advanced level where I can speak English uh, to an advanced level or where I can write, mm -hmm. um, write papers that took about a year or a year and so yeah but um, the beginning was hard when I first came I couldn't understand anything mm -hmm. because of the accent right so mm -hmm. the accent was so different because the english although it's a basic english mm -hmm. that they taught us back home that english was the english from the british mm -hmm. so it was more like from in england it was the accent was totally different so that accent that that one was that one was the hardest yeah so it was difficult to understand what people were talking about even like when i was watching tv trying to 
I will put the closed captioning to understand what they're talking about. But mm -hmm. like try to relate, trying to relate it was so difficult. And then, not to say that opening a textbook, try to read it. Every other sentence, there's a word that I don't know the meaning of. Mm -hmm. I have to get a dictionary. I have to translate it sometimes. Or I just want to read the meaning of it. Mm -hmm. So there were so many things and uh, so when I came I didn't go straight to the ESL program. I could not afford it, it was so expensive. Mm -hmm. So I had to go to the library to learn English by myself. Wow. Um, so I would go to the ESL aisle, they have, the library they have an aisle where they have English books. Mm -hmm. So I would pick any book I feel like I can start reading. So there was that, and then there was this website called uh, USA Learn. Mm -hmm. It's a website for people who don't speak any English. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it was really helpful. So I used that website and those textbooks. And then the library was offering a conversation class, actually mm -hmm. two conversation classes, two days a week. I will attend to that just to be able to hold the conversation, to be able to speak wow. in English and then be able to hear what other people say also. So I think I did that for about a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what like, uh, it wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy at all to switch from French to English. Was, yeah. yeah. That's, that's crazy. So you came, uh, you came here in Colorado, right? You were able yeah. to get uh, finish off your degree and stuff like that, but you still had plans, right? You, know, mm -hmm. you always talked about your plan was MBA and stuff like that, higher education. Mm -hmm. But then you met uh, someone uh, who wanted to marry you, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you you took that opportunity. How how was that decision? How, how did you how did you feel like that was the right way to go? Okay, so when I met that someone, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's actually funny, but uh, I told that someone that I'm not ready to get married because I have to go to school, mm -hmm. I have to get that degree, mm -hmm. so I have to get that degree, I have to get a job, I have to, so I, I have goals, mm -hmm. so I cannot get out of those goals, like I have to reach those goals, mm -hmm. so I told somebody that no, I cannot do it, and then we talked, we talked, after talking for, for a while, he convinced me that in this country, you don't just go to school and then you say, okay, I'm going to school, I have to finish school to be able to do something else. Mm -hmm. I'm working, I have to just be working. Mm -hmm. Or I'm married, I just have to take care of the family. Mm -hmm. So the person convinced me that you can do all of these things at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be painful, hard, but if you have support from from the other person, it sh you should you should be okay. Mm -hmm. That's what most people do here, because I didn't come here at a very young age. I didn't come here when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I came here when I was I had already graduated. I mm -hmm. was at at a master's level. Like I I think I was 23 or 24. Mm -hmm. So to say that I'm gonna wait again until I finish, I start school, I finish studying English, and then start school again, and then finish school, and then finish all these things that I want to do mm -hmm. before getting married, it would be like, maybe I'll be 30 or 35. Mm -hmm. So I had, to, I had to be realistic. And I, I think he was actually right. It, it's not realistic to say that, no, I'm just going to wait until I'm done the mm -hmm. studies. 
at this point it wasn't at that point it wasn't really realistic so that's what made me make up my mind mm-hmm. and figure that okay maybe I can do it with his support wow. if he supportive I think I can do it wow, indeed and that person <laughs> got you to do that and and, and you did it mm-hmm. and along your journey uh, you started school trying mm-hmm. to get your master in CPA mm-hmm. uh, master in, in, in accounting master in science of accounting mm-hmm. sorry excuse me mm-hmm. You're trying to get your master in science of accounting and mm-hmm. along the journey mm-hmm. you're able to get two beautiful cutest children <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. and it's not doing one mm-hmm. waiting and doing the next one everything happened at the same time yeah how did you do that okay i <laughs> i really don't know how i did it but uh So the focus was there it's like I have to I have to reach my goal like mm-hmm. I, I have to, I have to do it mm-hmm. I have to get that degree no matter what happens no like I all these setbacks mm-hmm. all these challenges I have to work them out mm-hmm. like there's never a time where I thought of giving up it's mm-hmm. like I cannot give up I have to work to be done. yeah I have to work harder I have to rearrange the way I, I'm doing this I have to, I have to figure out a way to get all of this done mm-hmm. at the same time so actually before starting school i went through the process of getting an admission into a school here so i had to do a gmat i had to do a 2fl two times because mm-hmm. i failed the first one and then i had to do the application for graduate school wow. i had to get a letter of recommendation So not not to mention that um I didn't know many people at that time here mm-hmm. all my teachers were back home mm-hmm. I didn't work here at a, in a professional level to have somebody to write me a letter of recommendation it was so hard to get these letter of recommendations and then I had to write my a letter of motivation myself mm-hmm. and then go to all the application and the first time I got rejected from mm-hmm. the University of Houston and then I was kind of disappointed <laughs> but then I decided no I'm good I lost that semester mm-hmm. unfortunately I only applied to the University of Houston mm-hmm. then I figured hey I can apply next time to the University of Houston and to or two other universities have three universities mm-hmm. and then whoever accepts me I get to choose where I want to go mm-hmm. So I lost that first semester and then the following semester I did all these three applications with the same scores because I didn't have to take the test again my tests were current. So this time I got rejected again from the University of Houston but I got accepted from Prairie View mm-hmm. A&M University and uh, from Maryville University that was an 100% online program. Mm-hmm. So I had to choose between the two. I decided just to move on. I really wanted to go to CT Bauer. That's mm-hmm. that's the University of Houston. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to go to that college, but unfortunately, I guess it wasn't meant for me. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to move on, but to just forget about that. So I had to choose between Prairie View and uh, and Maryville. Maryville is it's at Missouri. Mm-hmm. Missouri, I don't remember the state. Missouri City. I don't know if it's Kansas or what. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, remember Missouri the state. Missouri City is in Kansas. Okay, I think that's what yeah. 
that university is over there, but it would have been like a hundred percent program. Mm -hmm. So which I was kind of skeptical about. I like I, I need to see the teachers. Mm -hmm. I need to see the people. Like I, I need to interact with people. Yeah. At some point. So that's why I finally decided to go to peer review. So that that whole process took about two years. Wow. Yeah. So and then school started like I finally started school so it was like starting school was like an excitement like okay finally mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm starting school and then when I started school it was actually even more difficult because now there was all these assignments all these homeworks all all of the projects and everything and the two exams. babies and well at, fir at first for my first two semesters I, w I only had one baby at that time mm -hmm. and then but I was working full time too and I was expecting the second baby. Mm -hmm. So, but wow, you were pregnant in the second baby. Yeah, but uh, I guess I don't know how I did it, but it yeah. all worked out fine. Yeah. I think it's it's you know like when you put your heart to something, like mm -hmm. you really motivated, you really want to get something done. You you don't look at all these other challenges around. Yeah. You just you just go ahead. But and so many people it. come to that point and just give up because it's unimaginable. Right, but you coming from Guinea to to here and have, having those kids, like, what, I, I know there were days that you were tired, yeah. right? There yes. has to be days you were tired, yes. you thought about giving up, but what is that thing that kept you going? What is that thing that, was it your kids, the fact that you know your kids, or what um. was that thing? Okay, I I would say my dad first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My dad really wanted us to have an education. Mm -hmm. I had I had sisters, so my older sisters, my dad sent them to school, and mm -hmm. they didn't want to go to school. That's my older older sisters. Mm -hmm. Fortu unfortunately, they they did not go far. Mm -hmm. They maybe stopped at like middle school, maybe. Wow. They got married and all that, and then they they moved on with their lives. They they never got an education. And uh, my dad was really mad for that. He really hated, like, he really hated himself, mm -hmm. thinking that it was his fault. In, reali in reality, wasn't. Mm -hmm. He did what he could. So, and then after that, there was my sister and I, and my younger sister. So he really wanted us to get an education, like, like one of the great, like, a good education, mm -hmm. good opportunities, all that. So, like. Um, so I, I, he always come to my mind every time I have to do these things. He's like, okay, if dad was here, he would have, he would have been proud. Like, I know this is what he wants. Mm -hmm. So that, that really kept me going. I, I wasn't thinking much about the kids, really. Mm -hmm. I was mostly thinking about my dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what helped me. What's next? Are you done? Uh, no, oh, I'm just <laughs> starting. <laughs> I'm just starting. Just starting. starting. I'm just starting. Um, I really hope that the board will approve me, mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna. Hopefully, I can get hired in one of those CPA firms, and then they will pay for the CP for the for taking the CPA tests mm -hmm. for the whole process. I'm I'm sure they even pay the study material for the study material. Mm -hmm. I have to get. I think it's the Baker CPA review. Mm -hmm. I have to get that, and then I have to start so studying. Hopefully, uh, in the next couple of years, I will get that done too, mm -hmm. and get up, get that out of the way. So I think I'm just starting. <laughs> what's some, What's some of your life aspirations? What 
what, what, where do you see yourself at 10, 15 years from now? Um, I see myself as a CPA mm-hmm. who has hopefully 10 years or more of experience working in, a C, in, in public accounting. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking that with all that experience and that license, mm-hmm. that hopefully one day I can maybe have my own little CPA firm. Mm-hmm. Many people do that. Many, C, many CPAs do that. There's a lot of CPAs who do that. Even if it's just for filing taxes for mm. individuals mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, I'm thinking that that's one of my that's one of the things I I would like to do. Yes, ma'am. Do you have any advice for that younger you uh, growing up? For example, when you were to 10, 15 years from now, uh, what would you tell the yourself um, okay so just keep working hard mm-hmm. first of all you have to set your goals you have to have goals because you cannot just be working hard mm-hmm. you have to know what you want you have to know where you where you trying to go mm-hmm. once you know that you have to work hard to get there mm-hmm. so I'll just tell the person to set their goals and then work hard toward achieving their goals um, also, I would like to tell people, people like me mm-hmm. who came from back home mm-hmm. around the same age as age. I'm sorry, I'm the same age as I came here. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe around 24, 25. Mm-hmm. They finish school over there. They have a degree. They come here. They're like, oh my God, I messed up. I have a degree. I am old now. My degree in Guinea is worthless here, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna give up and just find find a, find a little job here mm-hmm. and just make myself comfortable for with whatever I get. Mm-hmm. I they shouldn't do that. A lot of people do that. They shouldn't do it, but especially if like when they are married or they're about to get married or they have kids, mm-hmm. they they give up on their education. Especially giving up on the degree they had back home, like saying that, okay, my degree back home is worthless. Mm-hmm. It's not worthless. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Because I, I transferred my degree here. Mm-hmm. I had an equivalence of a master's degree in accounting. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do that. It's a very simple process. You, can just, you just need to go find out what you need to do. It's, I think it's called World Education Services. Mm-hmm. They, do an edu- they do an equivalence of your credentials mm-hmm. so they evaluate your credentials and they will give you an equivalence of your degree now f- from then many many universities will accept that evaluation mm-hmm. if you just need to transfer a couple of courses and then complete a couple of courses just to get a degree here mm-hmm. just go ahead and do it but don't 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 give up on that degree you earn back home mm-hmm. or even if you have to start from zero I would rather start from zero, go back to school from zero, like go back to the university from zero, mm-hmm. than not having a degree or not having a goal at all, just being comfortable, maybe braiding hair or just having doing that little job that pays you um, minimum wage and all that. Don't don't ever do that because you worked so hard back home to get that degree, and mm-hmm. then you're gonna come here. You wanted better education.